This morning, I want to speak to you on attitude of hope. Attitude of hope. We know that our faith as Christians is a faith-based walk. The Bible tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And anyone that comes to God must know that he exists and that he is a rewarder. Tell somebody, God is a rewarder. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And the scripture says that in the Hebrews 11 account, verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So much as we talk faith, we need to understand that hope is the foundation. Amen. When you don't have hope, it's going to be difficult to even have faith. Because having hope is an expectation of what you haven't seen. That is hope. You are hopeful if you are trapped somewhere. You, don't, you haven't seen the help coming, but you are hopeful that help will come. And so you keep on hanging on. If you are trapped in the middle of the seas and you send an SOS message, one of the reasons why you don't give up easily until circumstances are beyond your control to give up is that when you send the SOS message and you get a response that help is on the way, no matter how you don't know how to swim and no matter how the waves of the sea beat, you try to hold on because you heard a word that help is on the way. And so you don't give up. And your, give, your lack of, your, your decision not to give up was not just faith, but it was fueled by hope that someone is coming, that help is coming. So I'm holding on in hope. This year, I want you to hold on in hope. As we begin this first Sunday of the year, I want you to understand that don't give up. Around 3 a.m. as I was praying, there was a word in my spirit. And suddenly the Lord said, there are many who when the year begins, rather feel discouraged. And sometimes it's very easy to think that because the year has begun, people are not discouraged. But you see, you can become very discouraged because you look back at the previous year and say, but the thing didn't happen. We still didn't have a child. I still didn't get a job. I still didn't get the money I needed. And another year has, become, has come again. Oh, another 31st December, another 1st January, another 1st Sunday. The ritual goes on. What is the sign that my circumstance will change? The enemy is able to whisper words to your mind to say, this thing is just a ritual. There is nothing to read. There is no God anywhere. Don't, don't put your hope in any God anywhere. This thing is not going to work. Didn't you see that the last five years it has been the same? The last four years, the last three years, the last two years, the last year, and this one again. It's just going to be just a motion. But I want you to know, don't give up in Jesus' name. Keep hope alive. And when we walk with God, we also walk by hope in him. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and the Bible tells us that there is an attitude we need to adopt when it comes to walking with God and having hope in life and hope in God. Our hope will not be in anyone. Our hope is in God. The Bible says all those that put their hope in him will not be put to shame. That's why you must have hope today. And I came to announce to you as a messenger of God, there is hope for your tomorrow. There is hope for that hopeless situation. There is going to be light out of the darkness. There's going to be faith 
out of that faithlessness. Out of the ashes you will rise in the name of Jesus. This morning your circumstance may look the same. And sometimes you will even tell yourself, but what is the difference between last year and this year? There's a change of date and time. And my situation remains the same. But I came to encourage you, there is no situation in God that remains permanently hopeless. Amen. And the first attitude to adopt when it comes to exercising faith in God is still be able to speak life, speak Words of hope and life. Please turn your Bibles with me to Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 to 19. Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19. Now in Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19, the prophet of God said that even though the fig trees have no blossoms, may the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Sometimes you look at your life and it feels like all your fig trees have no blossoms. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes in the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Hallelujah. What a statement and attitude of hope in God. He said, there are few things that have happened to his life and to the nation itself. They were waiting for God to avenge them of their enemies. The context of Habakkuk 3 was because the nation had been attacked by enemies and they have destroyed so many things. And whilst they were waiting for God to restore them, the Bible said that he acknowledge that things on the ground doesn't look anywhere closer to what they were believing God for. In fact, he said, when I even heard these things, look at verse 16. He said, I trembled inside when I heard this. My lips quivered with fear. My legs gave way beneath me. Have you heard some bad news that makes it feels as if you have just suddenly gone numb from the lowest part of your feet towards your waist? Like you can't feel anything. You, you feel as if something is wrong somewhere with your body, as if you have been paralyzed. Sometimes there's the weight of bad news that makes you feel so paralyzed. And the Bible tells us that Habakkuk said 
when I look at these things and heard some of the things that have happened to our people and what I know that you, God, are able to do, but when I look at the circumstance around me, it doesn't look anywhere to the fact as if God has even traveled and left us. What was happening to them can be described as as if God has not even been with them, as if they have never been called by the name of the Lord. And he said that when he looks around, he sees that, the fig trees have no blossoms. And sometimes when we look into our lives, it's as if our fig trees have no blossoms. They are just there, but there are no fruits on them. There are no, there, there's, no, there's no leaf even on it. If there are leaves, you have hope that at least the flowers will emerge. And out of the flowers, fruits will come. But nothing at all. Nothing. And sometimes when you look at your bank balance, it feels like the blossoms are nowhere to be found. When you look at your current situation, it feels as if you don't serve a God, as if you are wasting your time, as if this whole thing is just a con thing. But I want to assure you, it is not a hopeless situation. It feels as if it's getting so dark in your circumstance. The situation in your family is looking very bleak and dark. But ladies and gentlemen, the darker it gets, the stars also shine. Hallelujah. You can't see the stars until it gets a bit darker. And the darker it gets, soon day will break. Amen. So don't give up in Jesus' name. Whenever we see it appearing very dark, just hope in God. Day is about to break. Amen. You tell yourself, my day is about to break. In the name of Jesus Christ. Sometimes things don't work the way we want them to work. But it's not a sign that God has given up. God hasn't given up on us. And as we begin 2022, I don't know what the failures of yesterday were and what you thought had failed to happen last year and the fear whether it will still happen or not. But I came to announce to you it will happen in the name of Jesus. It appears it's getting dark as your, you age. It's getting dark as you advance in age. You are, it's getting darker as things progress and you feel, where is hope? Where is God? Where is my God? He said that the fig trees have no blossoms and there are even no grapes in the vines. So they get into the grapevine and there are no grapes. We are expecting to see grapes, but there are no grapes at all. Sometimes your expectation appears to be cut off, but I came to announce to you the expectation in God will still not be cut off. He still has a plan for you. If you are still alive, it's a clear sign that God has not yet finished with you. So keep your hope in him alive in the name of Jesus and learn to speak a word of hope in Jesus' name. And he says, and even though the olive crops fail, so this time they have planted, but the crops have failed. The crops have failed to germinate. So you get to the, plant, the place, the, the fields where olives have been planted and nothing has sprouted at all. And you ask yourself, but where is God? What's going on here? When will he deliver us? They had a promise from God that when the enemy attacks, God said he will later on deliver them. But it appears to be taking too long. And they were hoping that even if you don't deal with the enemy, let the crops germinate so we can find something to live on. And nothing is showing up. Hallelujah. And this is the prophet of God. It's a very serious thing when the people themselves are struggling. But when the prophet also who must bring a word from God comes to them and he's also looking on the fields and there's nothing to show. Nothing. Nothing at all. 
Even though the olive crops fails and the fields lie empty and barren. Sometimes you look at your situation and it feels so empty and barren. And when the fields lie empty and barren, enemies begin to mock. That's why David prayed that prayer and said, let not our enemies ask that where is our God. Because it's, it's very ridiculous to say that God is with you and yet the ground is barren. And the Bible says the fields are lying empty and barren. Sometimes you look at your family life and it appears that everything is barren. You look at the situation with your children, your health, your finances, your job, your business. And it's, everything looks so barren and so empty. And yet you are the people of God. You are called by his name. He has even boasted that he rebuked kings for their sake. And yet, we don't see the kings being rebuked. And that was the dilemma of Habakkuk. Sometimes as we walk with God, it feels as if God has abandoned us, but he hasn't. So don't give up hope. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how long it appears to take. God's time is the best. In the name of Jesus. There may be a delay with a childbirth, but I came to announce to you, keep hope alive. Don't change your God. The circumstance around what you are dealing with, you are struggling with a case that looks so impossible, humanly impossible, medically impossible, psychologically impossible, financially impossible, but with God, nothing shall be impossible. This morning, cheer up in the name of Jesus. I don't know what the diagnosis has been, but there's a God in heaven. He's well able to do exceedingly, abundantly above what you ask or think of. Don't give up hope because your faith needs your hope to work in Jesus' name. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So you must have hope to hope for something, then faith can work. Hallelujah. That's why you need a proper attitude of hope. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And he says, the fields lie empty and barren. And even though the flocks die in the fields, where is God when all my flocks are dying? If you are a farmer and flocks begin to die, you begin to see all your investments is going down the drain. And sometimes you have made great investments. People that most of the time make investments It is very clear. They didn't have the capital as something they have saved before. They either went for a loan. And when things are dying around you, it can strike fear in you. And it can make you feel paralyzed. And it can make you feel hopeless. This morning, don't give up hope. There is nothing that God cannot do. I see that when we maintain a positive attitude of hope in God, circumstances will change. In the name of Jesus, 2022 has begun. Keep that hope alive. Forget about what the devil is telling you. That, but, but if you are serving God, why didn't it happen last year? God is in charge of the times and seasons. Hallelujah. He has times and seasons in his hands. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. And he says, even though the flocks die in the fields and my cattle bands are empty. These are cattle bands, but there are no cattles in it. <laughs> it's like you have garages and there are no vehicles in it. It's like you are ready with everything. You have really qualified. You've got your education, everything. Now you are looking for someone to marry and no one is coming around. 
You have even bought a house. But there is no other person to come alongside you. And it feels so dry and empty around you. And you feel so very discouraged and think, let me do something silly. Don't do anything silly. Wait on God. Keep hope alive. The ladies have not run out in circulation. God will bring the right one to you. The men have not, they are not in short supply. God will locate one for you. If God could come through for Adam, when there was no other human being, then God can sort yours for you. In the case of Adam, it was a worst case. You and Adam, who is at a disadvantage? You have a better situation than Adam. As for Adam, he was surrounded by giraffes and ants. And you can't fall in love with any of them. You can't marry any of them. And, and the Bible says, even in his case, God brought a woman out of a rib. Now how about you where we have 7 billion of humans on the face of the earth. God has a lot to pick out from. Just hope in him. Amen. I said hope in him. In the name of Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. And the Bible says, even though the flocks die in the fields, the cattle bands are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Amen. An attitude of expressive faith. He spoke and said, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. Because you see, the physical circumstance is not something that when you look at, you should rejoice. But when you have hope in God, you will rejoice in what others will see as nothing to rejoice about. But we rejoice in it. In Jesus' name. This morning, rejoice in the Lord. And speak words of faith and believe that you are going to have it. See, why he's rejoicing is because he's already declaring by faith. He's declaring words of faith because we know that death and life lies in the power of our tongue. So he's speaking to the situation and saying, I know it's going to get better. So I'm rejoicing in the Lord. It's getting better. I can see with my physical eyes that the bands are empty. But I can see with my spiritual eyes that they are full. So I declare it is well. I declare it shall be well. I declare the economy is better. I declare the home situation is not a hopeless one. My health is not a hopeless case. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, I will rejoice in the Lord and I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Don't cry, rejoice. I said don't cry, rejoice in the Lord, hallelujah. Then it says the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. Glory be to Jesus. If you look at the current circumstance, you will not feel like even trying any other thing again. But he said, because I believe that God will change my circumstance, I have so much hope that I even have enough strength to do new things, to rise upon my high places. There are high places for you that you must step out into. You know, sometimes you can be so hopeless and discouraged that you, want, you don't want to try anything again. You give up easily. And sometimes, really sometimes, we say people give up easily. But some, they have come 10 years. And they feel like, with 10 years now, let me give up. But be like Habakkuk and say, yet I will hope in the Lord. Yet I will trust in the Lord. And the Lord is my strength in Jesus' name. So when people are waiting for you to cry, start celebrating. Start seeing what others don't see. See what only God is capable of seeing. For he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you ask or think of in the name of Jesus. This morning, I feel in my spirit that circumstances 
will be turned around. In Jesus' name. The sovereign Lord is my strength. Don't derive your strength from the failed circumstance. Derive your strength from God. The existence of God should be satisfactory. Because in him, he can create what has never existed. He can create what doesn't exist to exist. So believe in him. Don't give up. I said don't give up. There is nothing that God cannot do. And I don't know what your expectations are for this year. And what appears not to have been honored or fulfilled in the past year. But I came as a servant of God to let you know, keep your hope in God alive. And the way to exercise hope is to look at the hopeless situation. And like Abraham, the Bible said he hoped against hope. See, that's what I was teaching you earlier on. You see, we are, we are told that Abraham is the father of faith. But we are told that what was the foundation of that faith was hope. And in his case, it was a double hopeless case. He was 100 years old. His wife was 90 years old. It is not possible for a 90-year-old to have a child. But the Bible says Abraham had hope. And he hoped against hope. Please, let's read that scripture in, in, in Romans. Don't give up hope in Jesus' name. Don't give up hope. Never give up. The Bible says in verse 16 of Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4 verse 16. It says, so the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. And we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham's, if we have faith like Abraham's, how, is, how was Abraham's faith like? For Abraham is the father of all who believe. This is what the scripture means when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. And yet, he didn't have a child. When God came and said, I have made you a father, the man has not fathered any child. Physically. When God talks, believe him. And have hope in his word. In Jesus' name. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Hallelujah. Our God creates things out of nothing. That should be the basis of your hope in him. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. We thank God for science, but science does not create anything out of nothing. Whatever science has done, it is based on something that has been made already. Science itself is studying what God made. But for God, he's able to do new things. Amen. Out of nothing. Out of nothing. It means that God is able to give a child to a wombless woman. God is able to do that. Hallelujah. I said God is able to do that. In Jesus' name. 
God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think of. Glory be to Jesus. Recently, I was at the 50th birthday party of my bosom friend. And he asked me to share the testimony of their life and marriage. And God has blessed them with three children. And yet, by the science and by the medical science, he does not have sperms. You need a sperm to impregnate a woman. He doesn't. He has semen, but no sperms. And yet, God came through because we chose to believe God. He's able to create something out of nothing in the name of Jesus. And that's when, when Habakkuk was saying that fear gripped me and I felt shivering all over and as if I'm paralyzed. I do remember when I had to work on his case and, and, and was making the diagnosis. And I, and I looked at the case and I, I felt so sad. I told him, I promised him I'll give him a call at 11 o'clock. And at 11, I couldn't make the call. Because what I was seeing is so much as if I put myself in his shoes. And understood the implications of what I'm seeing. This one is medically hopeless. What can you say to a brother? What can you promise him? What else can you say if he posed the question? So what can we do about this? Your answer is definitely going to be an honest, medically inclined answer. Charlie, it's not possible. Adoption is the key. And yet when we got home and he came that evening, so I didn't call. The call were coming, I couldn't pick it. Then in the evening I said, you come to the house, brother. And when he came, I broke the news. And I said, but well, you know what? Let's repeat the sample so that at least I can buy some time. And we repeated it after 48 hours. And it's still the same. Then I said to him, you know what? We have done what medicine can do. But there's something that God can do. Hallelujah. Our hope will be in him. And I remember the statement I made. I said, it is God who gives seed. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. When God made Mary pregnant, he did not donate a sperm. Are you here? Maybe some of you have not looked at it that way. That's why Jesus is not just, he's not just ordinary. Amen. God did not donate a sperm to impregnate Mary. He actually bottled the womb. Amen. And did what only he can do in the name of Jesus. I pray in Jesus' name. I speak to someone hearing me. I don't know what has been diagnosed. Whether legally medically, socially, financially, there is a God in heaven who is able to create something out of nothing. I am a candidate for something out of nothing in the name of Jesus. And the Bible said, look at it. Oh my God. Verse 18. Even when there was no reason for hope, that was where I was taking you to. Because we are told that Abraham was the father of faith. But I'm telling you the foundation of faith is hope. Amen. Abraham, where there was no reason for hope. The, he looked at the situation, there was no reason for hope. Abraham kept hoping. Amen. I love the old King James. The Bible said he hoped against hope. This morning, hope against hope. Believing that he will become the father of many nations. When hope was against him. Hey, kadalababosakataya. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. Even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. 
he himself could testify that he doesn't have strength. Ministry in the bedroom has ceased for some time. The Bible says he himself acknowledged that there was no strength in his body. And then the Bible says that and so was and so was Sarah's womb. Sarah's womb was also dead. The thing has been dead since she was young. When they married, if there was life, she should have been pregnant. But she was also dead in the womb. The womb was dead. But Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. Church, believe God's promise. The Bible says he had hope even when there was no physical and medical reason to have hope. Have hope in God. In Jesus' name. And in fact, his faith grew stronger. And this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. God is able to do whatever he promises. God is able to do whatever he promises. He has promised and he will never fail. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank God for the experts, but God is the God of all experts. Thank God for the opinion of experts, but the experts themselves, they are studying what God made. Do we only call them experts after they have studied, even not totally, parts of what God made? That's why the experts go further on to specialize in further areas. Amen. Then they sometimes come back and say, the research five years ago has changed. We have discovered new things. Hallelujah. But God had made all these things already. He is the expert of all experts. In the name of Jesus, the Bible says, Abraham's faith did not weaken, for there was no reason for hope, but Abraham kept hoping. Hallelujah. And he was fully convinced, verse 21, that God is able to do whatever he promises. In Jesus' name, may the Lord help you this morning. And as we begin this new year, don't let last year's failure make you lose hope in God. Keep hope alive. Develop a positive attitude of hope in the name of Jesus by declaring things, by speaking things, and believing that what God has promised, he's well able to do it in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. And the same situation was with Job. In Job chapter 13, verse number 15, Job 13, 15, Job says, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Hey, Job. He said, even though God slays him, he said, even if he chose to kill me, I will still trust him. Despite my situation, I will still trust him. You know, some of us, we don't have that attitude of commitment to trust God because something just failed. In our own reckoning, it's just taking some time. See, we are not told how many years it took before God came through for Job. We read about it. We see the circumstance. He lost his children, but we don't know how long it took. It, it's not just like three months and then God turned the thing around. It may have been more than a year. It may have been two years, three years. And yet, God appears to have traveled in this man's life. And he has gone somewhere and he's not responding, he's not picking his calls. He has abandoned him to his fate. And sometimes when things are looking like that for a while, you have people like Job's friend. 
Job's friends came and they tried to read meanings to the situation. And they said to him that you, you, you have to own up and admit that you may have sinned somewhere. Sometimes when our friends come to us when things are tough, their utterances doesn't help the situation. Job didn't do anything evil. It was God who went to discuss him in a meeting that was not, he wasn't the agenda from the beginning. And then the matter turned in such a way that Satan threw a challenge. And then God took it up and said, well, my servant Job will live up to the, to the situation. So the man was on earth, has no idea that a meeting has taken place in the spirit realm. And his children started dying. And his property started getting lost, stolen, destroyed. All his investments went down the drain. Then his physical body was affected too. And then he fell so ill that from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet, the man that was rich before was sitting in ashes and scraping himself. Most servants have died. All the other investments, the businesses, the shops, everything has collapsed. His wife even felt it so strongly that she walked up to him one day and said, do you still retain your integrity? Curse God and die. That tells you that the situation in the home was not a two-day affair. If it was just two days, the woman wouldn't come and say this. If it's just one month, one year, she wouldn't. She was feeling the pinch that things have changed. All the money, the budget for her hair and everything has vanished. All the beautiful things that she enjoys, all has vanished. The economy of the home is running down. The fleet of cars, the drivers, all of them have gone. Everything is gone. They are back to square one. And it may be in their case, it was not even square one. Probably below, below, because it, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes some people were born in a very good place. So they, their foundation is already... You know, but this one, if it is this kind of, you know, agogloshi type of lifestyle, <laughs> where you grew up and you, you eat persecuted fish with 10-day-old kinky and things like that, you, you know that your foundation is below. So, so when, when you go down that level, the people that used to come and eat with you start abandoning you. Sometimes you feel that in life where somebody hearing me this morning, things used to be well until things started going some way. And people that you knew start backing off from you, start making mockery of you, start calling you some names. I, I do remember my friend when I was at his 50th birthday and he was talking about his life. And he described how when he also went through similar things that we have been through as a church. When they had a beautiful building somewhere in North London, preachers from Ghana, Arriving will give him a call. Can I pass through your place? Can I be a blessing? Etc. Etc. When they lost their place, some of those people still come into the country and don't even give him a call. They now just say, oh, no, he doesn't have numbers. He doesn't have a crowd. So those people were fair weather friends. Yes. When the weather is fine, you see them. When the weather is changes, when the weather changes, you don't see them. You don't see them around when it's winter. Summer friends. Bright colored friends. They come around and, and, and we have also been there. Oh yes, I used to have a lot of pressure. Pressure from pastors. They will call you. Man of God, we are in that country. Can we pass through your place? Can we pass through your place? And you bless them. And they pass through and come and preach. Now we didn't have a building. 
They come and they don't even give you a call. But we are going. Hallelujah. Sometimes God allows these circumstances for you to know who is a friend. Hallelujah. Your current circumstance is not the end of your life. It is just a season and a phase. And so Job went through that. His friends, most of them abandoned him. He's committed three friends who even came. They came to judge him. See, the last thing you need from people who call themselves brothers and friends is to come and judge you in your predicament. And they came to say, can you own up if you have done any secret sin? Because the God we know, look at them. They said the God we know, he doesn't create circumstances if you haven't sinned. And they kept on going and Job kept on defending himself to the point where he now described them as miserable comforters. He called them worthless physicians. He, he said, you, you, have no, you have no reason to be here because your, your presence is not hopeful enough. I haven't done any of the things you are talking about. But these things falls within the sovereignty of God. Sometimes God, someone may go through down things in life. Things may go wrong with them. They used to be up before and they are down today. It doesn't mean like Job's situation. It doesn't mean God has abandoned them. You never know what is going on in the spirit. But in the end, Job said, even when God slays me, yet I will trust him. When his wife said, curse God and die, his wife said to him, do you still retain your integrity? Ladies and gentlemen, as you hear me this morning, no matter how things have been, retain your integrity. For God is already in the future. The promise of the future, the one who made the promise is already in the future. Hallelujah. Because we don't know what is in the future, we give up so easily. But God is already in the future. And the Bible tells us, his friends came to judge him and to mock at him and to, to tell him that he has sinned and he told them, miserable comforters you all of you are. I haven't done anything wrong. This is just within the sovereignty of God. And at the end of the day, the Bible says God honored him. God restored everything. God is a restorer. Amen. This morning, if you hear the sound of my voice, I came to announce to you, God is a restorer. Your life is not a hopeless case. It may be down today like Job. But that is not the end of life in the name of Jesus. When people can't celebrate you publicly, but they try to privately come and celebrate, it's a sign that they too, they have been mocking at you publicly with their friends. That's why they can't publicly acknowledge you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you are going through tough times, you have people who have been discussing things behind your back. That's why when they have to do it publicly, they are ashamed to do it publicly. So they come privately to say, we celebrate you. But publicly they can't do it because they have said some things. May God cause your enemies who mock at you because of your current level, because of your barrenness, because of your lack of marriage life, because things are not working the way it should. May God cause their tongue to stick to the roof of their mouth. In the name of the Lord Jesus, may God give you a testimony. Your situation will turn around. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Job said, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Amen. Hallelujah. I will still trust him even if he slays me. May you trust God even if he slays you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so, the second thing to do is to have a worshipful attitude. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Like Job said, I will wait on God till my change comes. Hey, 
Hallelujah. Job said, I will wait on God till my change comes. Job 14, 14, he said, if a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my heart service, I will wait till my change comes. May you wait in worship till your change comes. For your change will come. I said your change will come. It won't be like this forever. Changes are coming. And this year, God will bless you with exceeding favor. Amen. I have been using it since 5 a.m. during the prayer. Because I had it at 3 a.m. whilst I was praying. I will bless you with exceeding favor. And church, take note of this prophetic word. Certain people have changed towards you. Because your circumstance has changed. It is divine program for you to see them. Because your circumstance will change. And when you get back up there, you know who you let in. God is not a fool. God knows what he's doing. I said God creates circumstances to move certain people. Sometimes they may be close. Sometimes they may be family. But he wants you to recognize them very well. That is why he allowed the thing to go on for a while. Job knew his friends. Elihu and all the others. He knew them. When they said they were coming to see him, he allowed them in. But it took this circumstance for him to see how they perceive him. That all this why you guys think I will do something evil. May the Lord bless you with exceeding favor. Job 14, 14. If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my hard service, I will still wait till my change comes. May you wait till your change comes. Because your change will come in the name of Jesus. It will change for the better in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So maintain a worshipful lifestyle. Job said, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Hallelujah. Habakkuk said, yet my strength is in God. Yet I will rejoice in God. Please come with me as I end this message this morning. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 to 28. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. Don't give up hope at all. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, God is sovereign. In Jesus' name. And God is the one who brings people into your life. When people fail to recognize that they are privileged to have been brought into your life. And because your case became like Job, they moved away. They mocked you. They called you names. They abused the privileges you have given to them. God still has enough reserves to use anything and anyone to still be a blessing. That is the message that Mordecai sought to send to Esther and said, you are privileged to be in the kingdom for such a time. You should have sensed it, Esther, that the current circumstance we are going through is really the reason why God made you a queen. Hallelujah. Sometimes you don't realize that the promotion you are having is because of something that is yet to come. In the name of Jesus Christ. I have noticed something about God and about his ways and his, do his dealings. That when we were going through some challenges as a church, some people that previously we didn't see them regular in church, it was in the midst of the crisis that they became committed. 
as if they caught a revelation that this is the reason why I came to this place. And God has used them mightily in helping the church to the next level. Ladies and gentlemen, just like Mordecai, he told Esther, if you anyway, if you miss the reason why you became queen and you hold your peace or your help, deliverance and enlargement shall still arise from another place for the Jews. But who knows that you were brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. Hallelujah. When Israel went to the Egyptians and most of them came back home surprised that the people had given them the gold. They didn't realize that it was actually six months later into the wilderness. God would say, hey, I want a tabernacle and I want an altar of gold <laughs> and I want an ark made that will also be coated with gold and the gold favor I gave you, this is the reason why I gave it to you. I pray in Jesus' name that when things turn south in your friends' lives, stand with them because God may be testing you. God may sometimes create this circumstance for you to recognize the people around you. But I tell you, your change is coming in the name of the Lord Jesus. Your change is coming in Jesus' name. Matthew 15, 21 to 28. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman. Please take note of the word Gentile woman. The old King James says a Syrophoenician woman. Other translation says a woman of Canaan. And all these things are Gentile nations. And the Bible says who lived there came to him on the streets as Jesus was living. Pleading. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. When I was teaching you about different kinds of demons, I taught you about tormenting spirits. They torment people. The Bible says that a tormenting spirit was permitted to disturb the mind of King Saul. King Saul technically was schizophrenic. He's hallucinating. Where there is no coordination between speech and control centers. And the man may just be crazy. He's crazy, crazy. It takes David to come under the anointing to play and the demon will leave the king. Then he'll be fine for a while and be able to sleep. When this kind of spirit troubles people, they are not able to sleep. The Bible says that tormenting spirit troubled that man in the tombs of Gadaria. The Bible says that same tormenting spirit troubled a man that was brought to Jesus, mad, completely lunatic. And Jesus cast the demon out. And the Bible says he was clothed in his right mind. The Bible says this woman came running on the streets. She was not a Jew. In those days, there's clear segregation between females and males, and especially a rabbi walking the streets. You, a Gentile, must not come near at all. You can't come closer. This explains why the apostles were even throwing her away and, and said, suck her from here. That's the reason why the Samaritan woman was surprised that Jesus was having conversation with her. They were surprised. And his disciples came and they were also shocked. The Bible said they were surprised that he was talking to the woman. So a Gentile woman lived there 
and pleaded, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply. If Jesus did not give you reply, would you continue to serve him? Would you continue to worship him? Hallelujah. See, when we pray, we pray. We pray by faith. Most of us have not seen Jesus Christ with our eyes before. But we pray by faith. So when he hasn't answered, we believe that he will answer. Isn't it? But when you see him physically, and you go and make a request, and he ignores you, it's a different matter. Please look at the words that are used here. Clearly, look at it. The Bible says, but Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. He just ignored her. So this one, she doesn't need faith to believe that God will do it by and by. This one is direct face to face. He has just ignored. He just ignored him, her completely, embarrassing her on the streets. Hallelujah. And then the Bible said, then his disciples also urged him to send her away. Now, this is not a vision <laughs> that you wake up and say, maybe the Lord is doing it. This one is physical. Hallelujah. Are we ready to go? The Bible says that Jesus did not answer her even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us. With all her begging. Hallelujah. They also said the woman should be sacked. And she's hearing these things herself. And Jesus is not responding to her too. He has just ignored her completely. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshipped him. Hallelujah. Even when Jesus had appeared to ignore you. Even when Jesus had said that I wasn't sent to people like you. See, I want you to see this thing. Some of you, you give up so easily. But this one is physical. Amen. It's so physical. You are seeing him directly. And he ignores you. Then his disciples says they should sack you away. Then he too makes a statement and said, I wasn't sent to Canaanites like this one. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, on, in, in spite of all of this, the woman came and worshipped. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. When we walk by faith, we just believe that God 
is doing something, so that is why he has delayed. But when you really hear him saying such things, that is not the best person to have hope in. But this woman had hope in him. Amen. When things are not working, that's the time to worship God more. That's the time to praise him more. That's the time to be a worshiper in Jesus' name. The Bible says when Jesus said this, she rather came and knelt down and worshipped him and continued to pray to him. That is great hope in him. That was an attitude of hope. Hallelujah. When things are not working, be a worshiper. When we get to church, keep on worshiping God. Hallelujah. It does don't, you know what? When things are not working in your life and you get to church or you wake up in the morning, just praise God. Don't pay attention to the ignorant mockers. Don't pay attention to what others might say. You are totally different. God has a special plan for you. You were not born with them. You were not born in the same womb with them. You didn't come to this earth because of them. You met them somewhere along the line. But your case is with God. Hallelujah. Things may be difficult. You may not be married. Some people gossip about unmarried people in church. <laughs> when it is time for praises, come out and dance. Hallelujah. Some people gossip about those who don't have children in churches. When it's time, you come out and dance. They are not God. They can't answer your prayer. So don't worry about what they say about you. Let them continue to speak until your time changes. Hallelujah. And then we will see whether they will be able to testify or not. So you keep dancing and keep praising God. You may not have a job, but you have a dance. Give the Lord a worship and give him a praise. And the Bible says, Jesus responded, it is not right to take food from the children and throw it to dogs. Jesus, the woman is worshiping now. You are calling her a dog. Again, this is not a vision and a dream. This is life. And it looks like Jesus was bent on embarrassing the woman. But she kept having faith and hope in Jesus. And she kept on worshiping. Hallelujah. And when Jesus spoke again, she then said, That's true, Lord. But even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. The woman was still hopeful. Hallelujah. And then the Bible says, Jesus said, Dear woman, your faith is great. Your request is granted. Did you see it didn't say will be granted? He said it is granted. I'm not even coming to your house. What you have done, the demon has left your daughter. There is order in your home now. There is peace in your home now. Your faith is great. Your request is granted. And your daughter was instantly healed. So what was all these four steps of embarrassment, of delay, of hopelessness? She kept hope alive. Hallelujah. Even when God was giving her cheeky answers, she kept on serving God. She kept on worshiping God. I don't know what has delayed in your life, but let your worship do the thing. In Jesus' name. When your statement of faith and words of faith have come in, let it be guided by worship. Worship God. And finally, give God total service. Attitude of hope is that just continue to serve God totally completely. Keep on serving God. Hallelujah. Keep on serving God. I said keep on serving God. In Jesus name. In, in Luke chapter 1. 
in Luke chapter 1, John the Baptist's parents, John the Baptist's parents, the Bible said that they were barren for many years. They were very, very barren for many years. No child, nothing, 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 nothing was working. Luke 1, 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments of God, blameless. They had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well now very stricken in age, just like Abraham. When the scriptures are using these words, it tells you that even if you try to make any effort, it's not going to work. They are old. Physically, they are very, very old. But ladies and gentlemen, and it came to pass that while he, the priest, executed the chief, the priest office before God in the order of his cause, this is King James, what it means is that when the rotor fell on him, to be on duty. Very old man in his 90s. And somebody else was now the one who prepares the rotor and put the old man on duty. He didn't say that God has still not answered his prayer. I am not going to serve. After all, what is this? His wife didn't say, but, so are you going to report on duty? Because when they go, they don't go for one day. They go for some days. Until everything is over before you come back. And it can be a risky thing to go. Because it is possible when you enter there, you won't come back. And so the Bible says they were barren. They had no child. And for all these years, this man, when it is time to go on duty, he faithfully goes. And on this very day, hallelujah, God has still not come through for them. They would have married at a very young age and still no child. People may have called them names. Remember when Gabriel came to Mary, he told Mary that your cousin Elizabeth, she that used to be called barren. You see, he didn't say that she that used to be barren. He said she used to be called barren. The people call her Madam Barren Woman. Go and buy the thing from that barren woman's place. We know certain cultures where they talk like that. They use your predicament to, to identify you. And the Bible said it was such a hopeless case at this moment. But this man, despite the fact that probably the most important thing he needs in his life, especially in those patriarchal societies, is to have a son who will be a heir. To follow your pathway. This old age, death can knock at any time. He still faithfully went to serve. He didn't say that this young guy is preparing rota and putting me on duty. He went faithfully. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. For if you study the scriptures in the order of the Levites, you will notice that some, sometimes the Bible clearly said that when it comes to the leadership, it's not about age. It said they didn't put them in course based on age, based on office. It's a young person leading, and the person puts your rota, you just follow. Because it's still part of your service to God. Hallelujah. That young person was put into office by the senior pastor, who is also acting on behalf of God. 
So the person leading you, you might be six, seven, 200 years older than the person, but the person is standing in an office and they put you on rota, follow. Hallelujah. As you follow, you are worshiping God by actually following the rota. In Jesus' name, Zechariah needed a child. The child has not come. He's now old. He's called for duty. He still reports. I'm sure he's still moving. And he gradually went for duty. Elizabeth did not complain. But as the man kept on serving God, even in his predicament, that day when he entered the holy place, carrying the intercession for the people to carry the sins of the people, to offer sacrifice on the, on the behalf of the people, the Bible said, according to the custom of the priest's office, verse 9, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. His lot, his duty, his rota assignment was that one. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the time of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Hallelujah. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear gripped him. But the angel said, fear not Zechariah's. For your prayer is heard. Which prayer? I only came here to pray, burn incense for the people. He said, you don't understand. Because you carried on with your duty, that means you still believe my God who sent me. Even though he has not given you a child all this while, you were still faithfully serving. And as he faithfully came on duty that day, that was the turning point that day. That is why sometimes when you are looking for something from God, that's not the time to sit home. When we have to be in church. That's not the time to take extra duties. For that job cannot give you what you want. Are you here? That's not the time to take on certain things. To intentionally keep yourself away from serving in the house of God. You are missing it. You lack Zechariah's revelation. You lack Elizabeth's revelation. She didn't fight the husband for going on duty. She didn't say, but if God will do it, why hasn't he done it? So are you still going today? So today too, are you going? So are you still going for the service? So are you still going to preach? Are you still going to sing? Are you still going to usher? When God hasn't come through, the man went and to his shock, as he came, his duty was to pray for the people. Some prayer topic he has stopped praying about. So many years. The angel came and said, your prayer has been answered. Which one? No, the one you have been praying when you were young. It has been answered. He said, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Johanne. Hallelujah. You shall call his name John, gift of God. God will shock some of you with an unusual gift. In your service of God, your things may not work the way you want, but can you serve God? It's an attitude of hope in him. In the name of Jesus. That's why some of us preach the way we preach. Because God may not have given us what we actually wanted. But we still have hope in him. And one of the greatest signs of your hope in him is to serve him. Hallelujah. I said serve the Lord. Somebody must be willing to serve the Lord. You have no excuse not to serve the Lord. The more you delay in going all out to serve the Lord. The more you are delaying the visitation of an angel. If Zechariah didn't come that day. He'll be there. And they would have died childless. And at his funeral, people have come to read tributes and say, it was the lost will that they didn't have a child. But it wasn't. Hallelujah. That day he reported for duty 
God looked at him and said, now, now you have passed the test. Your faith in me is still great. You still have hope in me, even when I've not given you a child. You still come and offer prayer for people. Amen. And sometimes you have a pastor who doesn't have a child. And yet he's naming all the children in the church. Doing all the children's ceremonies, doing baby naming, doing dedication. And as you do so, gradually God comes through. I know men of God who were in that situation and God came through for them. People didn't give birth in the church and say, ah, there they go again. God, you haven't given mine and we are now going to name the child. Faithfully, he and his wife will report and go and name the child. And as you serve, it's a sign that you have hope. This morning, may your faith rise in God. Your day will break soon. When you are waiting for God, serve God. When you are waiting in hope, declare words of hope. When you are waiting in hope, worship the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I want us to rise and pray shortly this morning in the name of Jesus. Pakosi Katalababa. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That our hope will not fail. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pray for yourself. Maybe you have become so down because the news keeps on coming and it doesn't sound good. Maybe you feel rejected by God. Maybe your own conscience, your friends are telling you because you have seen so much like Job because Job said even though he slay me yet will I trust him though your victory is not blossoming still rejoice in the Lord pray for the strength of God pray for the help of God in the name of Jesus As you hope in him, may you not be put to shame. In the name of Jesus. Thank you in the name of Jesus. I want you to pray from Isaiah 50 verse 7 before we go this morning. Things may have gone down. Things may be tough. May God help you that you will not be put to shame in the name of Jesus. You want to pray that scripture? For the Lord God will help me Therefore, I would not be 
ashamed. Amen. I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. And I know that I shall not be ashamed. I want you to pray for yourself wherever you are. Things may have been tough. But don't lose hope. Sometimes we lose hope because we feel that we are about to be embarrassed. That we have been put to shame. Like the woman on the streets. But God helped her. In the name of Jesus. Maybe financially you are being disrespected. Because you don't have money. May God help you. So that you will not be put to shame. In the name of Jesus. Please lift your voice and pray. Wherever you are. It's a very serious prayer point. That God can put in my tongue. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore I will not be disgraced. Pray that the Lord will help you. It is a function of the help of God. To deliver from disgrace. Because we were not created to be disgraced. May the Lord help you. That you are not disgraced financially. You are not disgraced socially. In your marriage. Your relationship. Somebody lift your voice and travel in prayer. In the name of Jesus. Academically. You will not be put to shame. In the name of Jesus. Any delay calculated to embarrass you in the name of Jesus. Let God arise. Let God help you. Let God deliver you from shame and disgrace. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that as your daughters and sons pray this afternoon, visit them this morning, Lord. Open the door of blessings, of favor, Lord. Let their hope not be hopeless. In the name of Jesus, let their faith rise as a result of this message. That they will not be put to shame. In the name of Jesus. It is so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word.
in the name of Jesus. Give God an offering that honors him this morning and connect by faith in the name of Jesus. This thing is faith. Keep hope alive. Don't give up. Don't give up serving. Don't give up praying. Don't give up serving God. Don't give up praising. Lo Father, we bring our tithes into your storehouse. And our offerings, oh Lord, we still have hope in you. And so we sow into your house. And we pray, let it be at the voice at the altar for your daughters and sons. This morning, Lord, in the name of Jesus, as we worship you with our offerings and our tithes, let there be a response from the altar in heaven. And cause all grace to abound towards us. Rebuke the devourer for our sake. Open the windows of heaven. Pour out blessings for your daughters and sons. In the name of Jesus, your word declares those that hope in you shall not be put to shame. This morning as we serve you with our offerings and our tithes, that will be our testimony. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Lift up your right hand and say, my change is here. I will still trust God. When my bands are not producing, when my plants are not yielding olives, I still believe God. I still trust God. I still hope in God. Though he slay me, Yet I still trust him. And I know that he will make a way for me. In the name of Jesus. My enemies shall not ask that where is my God. For my God shall supply all my needs. In the name of Jesus. I am a candidate for divine elevation and divine provision. In Jesus name. Shout amen.